Hey guys, before you start listening to this episode, this is just a disclosure that we are going to be talking about suicide, depression, and mental illness. Uh, This is just a little trigger warning in case you do not want to hear about those things. Thank you. Hello everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Filmocity Podcast. I'm Freddie. I'm Anna. I'm Jacob. And I'm probably Shaden. And today we are talking about the film All the Bright Places, which is currently available on Netflix. This film is based on a book uh, that has the same title, and it's the story of a girl and a boy who meet each other at a very difficult time in their life, and they fall in love. It's kind of traditional uh, teen romance with a bit of a twist on it. We should just start by going spoiler-free, say what we thought of the film. Anna, back me up. So, um, (laughs) this movie doesn't do anything that I objectively hate. I know Frederick is... Not uh, totally agree. Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think in terms of um, just the production value, Netflix always has a really strong production value, obviously. Um, I think all their films are shot in a really specific way. And this one, I think, stands out as one of the better ones that they've made in terms of look. The cinematography, I thought, was interesting. It was unique. It wasn't just like the bland cookie-cutter shit that you see all over Netflix. And, yeah, the story, obviously, adapted from a book. Um, it was a bestseller book, I'm pretty sure. Yep. So, so um, yeah, it had a good base to go off. Obviously, this movie is more intended towards teenage young adults rather than uh, flat cap wearing uh, Swedes. So... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, Personally, I really enjoyed it. I think it's, um, it makes you reminisce of like a time that you probably don't even have, but it makes you think back to like spending time with like someone um, back when you're young and free and didn't have to worry about jobs and shit. It's a touching story. Um, I like it. I personally like where it goes and this message it uh, tries to tell. So yeah, that's my opinion. I went into this film with really low expectations. Me and my friend, we went to watch it a number of months ago and we started to watch it and, well, we got a bit bored. So we stopped and I thought, oh, I've heard so many bad things about this. I just don't want to watch it. Like, it's going to be bad. But now that we're watching it for this podcast, it's like, okay, we'll give it another shot. It wasn't actually as bad as I expected. I really liked it. It wasn't my most favorite film ever. There was definitely a lot of cliches going on but I did enjoy it the the story and the message really hit on another level I was like wow like little tears coming down my face and stuff type vibe you know which by the way that's not hard to make Jacob cry so what well, is is it I can cry you cried over my moment. script motherfucker oh yeah well. <laughs> so bad oh my god yeah um yeah the color grade is very it's a very bright film <laughs> no pun intended um, yeah, there's like a montage of when the two main characters go on a like a journey and just have fun or loving and caring. It was like, oh, it's quite heartfelt and warm and colourful. It was quite nice. I, I did go into it being like, this is a Netflix teen romance kind of film. Mm. Um, but I had seen, you know, that there were warnings on it. And I was, I always, I like things that are quite dramatic. And I was like, ooh, what happened? I'm nosy as hell. So I was like, I've got to watch this movie. Wrote a bunch of my friends into doing the, the watch party for it over lockdown, and I thought it was done really well. I, I hadn't read the book, I definitely heard of it, I had no idea what I was going into. I think the way that they handled the subjects throughout the film was done very well, it was in a way that I hadn't seen done before. It wasn't supposed to make you sad and mopey when you're watching it. And it is like the title, it is, it's showing that there's like a lot of like happy moments, mm. and you know, they're trying to like keep each other up um, throughout the film. 
even with all this underlying more sad tones trying to compare it to 13 reasons why which i know some people have i don't think that's right i think they're two they may uh, tackle a few of the same subjects around you know depression and uh, mental disorders and whatnot um but i think you know anyone can watch it even if you know you may struggle with bipolar disorder which I do, and I, I wasn't feeling like they did anything wrong. I thought it was a good depiction of it, mm. compared to some parts of 13 Reasons Why, which I also love, where it kind of tries to play it up a bit more, mm. and they try to over-dramatise it yeah. for, for TV. Well, they do. They do. <laughs> yeah. All the bright places felt quite realistic. Yeah. It was, yeah. It wasn't, they weren't overdoing anything. It was, it it was quite humble, the way that yeah. they... I, yeah. I look it. at it and I feel like it's almost poetically realistic. Yeah. Mm. Which I really like. It's it's not like in-your-face gritty realism. Mm-hmm. It's more like, yeah, poetic um, yeah. Kind of shit like that. And I think I think the way that the, the characters themselves interact with certain subjects about finding out certain things about each other, like grieving loss and feeling certain ways, I think that it's done in a way where you watch it and you're like, actually, you know, like I could imagine having this conversation with this Mm. person like this. Um, and it's not like a real person wouldn't say these things. Mm. There were definitely a few moments that I was watching and I was like, if it was, you know, real, real life, I don't think someone would say that this way or go and do this thing. Mm. But But I don't think it was ever overbearing. No, no, it was never, it was never really over the top. That's the risk with Netflix films. They're known for that corny over-traumatisation of Mm. shit. So that's kind of why I was against watching it at first because I thought, oh, it's just going to be so bad over-traumatisation of everything. Like so many of the other films that they've made, but this one actually wasn't like that at all, Mm. which was good and part of the reason why I did actually enjoy it. Okay, Mr. Controversial in the corner. (laughs) <laughs> gonna say because I, I, I was gonna say fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm clearly the only one who didn't care for this film, and like, I don't like shitting on movies because I know how hard it is to get them made and make them, and how many people work really hard on them. That being said, though, I did not really care for this movie at all. I mean, like you guys said, I did think that cinematography cinematography was nice, the use of colors was really nice, uh, it was edited very well, mm-hmm. and um, there were some good performances in it. Unfortunately, I thought that the leads had zero chemistry with each other. I did not buy for a second that they loved or fell in love with each other, not once. thought that Justice Smith was so wrong for that role because he's not charming enough for it i felt like because i watched this with my wife and we both felt that he was just extremely creepy throughout the whole film like i think we had gotten like 15 minutes in and my wife was like i feel like this film is going to end with him murdering her because he's giving up some serious psycho vibes right now wow (laughs) yeah i mean i have like so many notes should we just like get into spoilers so we can like would you have lied to more if they did if he killed her yeah uh, it would have made sense, but I don't think I would have liked it anymore. Jesus. See, I thought he was actually really good. Because I, I find yeah. he, I've I seen him in a bunch of movies where he just well. screams the whole time. Oh, yeah. Like, like Jurassic, Jurassic World. World and, yeah. And, I yeah. loved him in Digital. Yeah, yeah, I did, but I felt like he was... But it is definitely his most, like... See, the thing is, I think he was realistic. Okay. He was trying to do something and he was failing miserably for, like, half a film. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, utterly realistic in terms of, like, teenagers trying to be smooth mm-hmm. or teenagers trying to, like... Oh, yeah, I thought it was quite witty, and I thought it was, like, on purpose. Not him just being a bad actor or something, but actually, like, just genuinely portraying a really witty 
stupid teenager. Yeah, yeah. No, like I don't, think, I don't think he's bad. Like I've like I really liked him in the Netflix show The Get Down. I thought he was good in Jurassic World 2, even though the movie was kind of all over the place. I liked him in Detective Pikachu. I love Elle Fanning. I think she's amazing mm. in mm. most things. Like, I'm yeah. watching a show with her right now. Is this The Great? Yeah, The Great. Buffalo. She's so good in it. I don't know. I just felt like they didn't really have the chemistry to, like, draw me in. I mean, uh, clearly I'm I'm the odd one out on this one. Yeah. I the think it's a, it's a really charming... Actually, I find it really charming because okay. it's it's almost like it reminds me of someone. It even reminds me of aspects of myself where it's like you'll go out of your way to do things for someone that you like. Like, um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's so true as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just reminding you of something you don't want to remember from ten years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened in Sweden? Bro? <laughs> Bro, what happened in Sweden stays in Sweden. <laughs> It genuinely might be a generational thing. I mean, there's not a lot Could of be. years between us, but there are, but we yeah, definitely yeah. grew yeah. up in different yeah. different settings. I feel you guys should have picked up on more than me, just because you are younger. It's just how fucking toxic this guy is. Oh no, that's the point, I think. Yeah. Like, the whole way through, like, I was just, like, angry the whole film. Yeah. <laughs> Kept ignoring her, pressured her into basically falling in love with him, pressured her into hanging out with him, pressured her into... Like, he was, like, always on, like, oh, tell me about this. Tell me about your life. Tell me about you. Mm. And he she eventually did. He was very secretive about his... Yeah, and then if she asked him, he would, like, deflect, ignore her, walk away. Mm. And I was, like, okay, uh, don't, I'm not feeling this at all. Yeah. And then his friends were just, like, oh, we just put up with it. And I was, like, no, you fucking don't. Like, if someone acts like this, you don't fucking put up with it. You either tell them or you fuck off. Seriously, like, I'm, yeah. like... I was getting, me and my wife, we were like screaming at the TV. I was so heated in this film. And uh, and when you don't like a film, then you start picking up on like little things that just annoy you. Like, so he, this guy goes out and runs a lot. Oh, so he we're, runs we're in his what? fucking van. Sorry, Who runs in van? He will fuck up his knees by full, the time he's 24. We're full spoilers now, by the way. Yeah. And then, um, like, okay, yeah. so his name Spoiler, is Th- his name is Theodore Finch, right? Yes. He lives with his sister, right? Yeah. His sister calls him Finch. That's like if you would call your little brother Laurie. Like, what the fuck? I mean, would you not call him Theo <laughs> or have like call him by his name? Would you call your family member by their last name? I was like, what the f- who the fuck wrote this? And then the dialogue is so like it's the kind of dialogue where it's like it wants to like be oh I'm so deep and serious and like I want to be looked at as like. Oh, this pretentious teen movie. But it's fucking not. It's like one of those people that, like, thinks they're cool and then have to, like, tell you all the time, like, hey, look how cool I am. But they're really not fucking cool. Like, a cool dude is, like, cool because, like, you just, like, they don't have to, like, keep affirming that. And this is that kind of film that, like, thinks that, oh, look how cool I fucking am. Look at this fucking wordy dialogue I have. Like, I'm gonna just break out into these fucking deep monologues that don't fucking mean shit and then i think he says like 15 or 20 minutes into the film he says something like oh i'm trying to teach you how to enjoy stuff when i'm not here and i said i was like if this motherfucker kills himself by the end of this film this is going on my worst fucking movies of all time list and sure fucking enough like he finds this girl (laughs) he finds this girl who clearly is suffering from not only ptsd but survivor's guilt and then he makes her fall in love with him, and then he goes and fucking kills himself. Like, how the fuck is this not gonna fuck her up for the rest of her life? Yeah, like every people, move. like the people she loves, is fucking offing themselves around it. I was like, well, fuck this. Okay, I'm done. Okay, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was 
very um, open about that sort of stuff. But I, I think it makes his character, and I think mm. it's consecutive throughout the film, and I think oh. that's the way that it yeah. gets, a, I guess, a pass. At least they didn't just it. wedge it in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like he suddenly changed yeah. to be like this. It was like you were hints of it through. And personally, I kind of understand it more <laughs> mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I got into a relationship where I thought I cared about the person, but. I didn't, but mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't want it to look like I didn't, but I didn't want to be with her, so I mean, I, like, tried to force myself to be with her, but I didn't want to be with her, and it was, like, this oh, big mess, so yeah. I feel like that's why I connected with it as yeah. well. That's the thing, is like, is he sees her try to kill herself, and then he sort of helps her out, out of that situation, Well, she doesn't. and then he kind of, like, targets her. This is why my wife, like, he's a psychopath, because oh. he was like, this girl, she sort of feels something similar to me. I'm gonna go for this girl, and then he like did everything he could I mean, to be like yeah. showed up at her house at night. Was like, I want to be with this girl. Like, if you don't, if you're not gonna be with me on this um, school project, and I'm gonna do this, this, and that. So I was did he know that? I do yeah. think I do so think that like, like he was just like targeted her. I think that's a that is one way to look at it. But yeah. I personally, I that's not what I picked up on yeah, straight away. I I, I did think it was a matter of um, he, you know, he did see her contemplating that. Mm. I don't think it was a matter of like I'm gonna target her. I'm gonna like try to save her. That sort mm, of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the hero act sort of thing. I do. I think it was more he he felt something similar to her and was like I've he made his own connection with her. Even mm. if you know at first she didn't feel the same way yeah. but I don't I don't think it was it's not meant to come across like that but there yeah. are people who have mentioned that they picked up on if it had been written a slightly different way it would have gone straight like that mm. um, and he probably would have I don't know turned out to be a murder <laughs> or something which I think would be a cool take on the film but I think I mean I know that when I have been around some people because he has bipolar disorder yeah, um, yeah, and of- he I think there's definitely um, times when People, when I'm like, been like, oh, so what, 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 how'd you grow up? You know, what's, where are you from? That sort of thing. And then they ask me and I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Because mm. I, I, I get why he was kind of like that. Because you, mm. you don't want people, I mean, usually people don't want to know other people's yeah. struggles. Like they don't want them to know that they're going through this. They want to just yeah. play it off and be like, it's all good. Let's keep going. Yeah. Let's yeah. So that was like at the, um, the group session where he said no tape, no labels, right? No tags. Yeah, yeah. It was like he didn't want to say it almost. Mm. You know, I think this would have worked better. And I think this is something that they changed from the book. <laughs> Yeah. I think it would have worked better if she would have saved him from killing himself and then she would try to get to know him and then he would turn out to be this character rather than him doing like mm. all this work to get with her. Mm. Like, a, like a bit at the start to like yeah. build them a bit more together yeah. before. Because I think in the book yeah. they meet each other when they both try to do it yeah. at the same time. Yeah, at the, the school bell tower. Yeah, something Damn. like that. Yeah. It's like New Mutants. They move yeah. the bell tower. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Jake, that was so cute. It up. <laughs> I I looked up some reviews for the, the people for this film, and mm-hmm. the people who had read the book were most like most of them were like they changed so much. The characters are very different. Like Finch, for example, when he has like his manic periods, he would like change his appearance. That's why people are like, oh, he's such a freak because he's like always, like different hair or like different outfits or trying like different style like all that stuff i do get what they were trying to go for with this film but i kind of felt like ultimately in the end when she has her big monologue and like reading of this book i've kind of felt like the film this is where i thought it was kind of offensive because i felt like i I felt like they were romanticizing suicide which is why i would not recommend this film to someone who would go through these 
things. Because I feel like this film kind of makes it suicide look like a beautiful thing, almost in a way. I, I don't. And like how you can like affect everyone around you and how you can leave something mm. for them to they so they can. Grow. I think. So, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I have I have two points with that. Mm. Firstly, being I do think if I had watched this film like a couple of years ago, it wouldn't have made me feel great at all. Yeah. But I think I don't think. I know some people have said like they think it glorifies, you know, yeah. like suicide and depression and stuff. But I think it's more it's more written for the people who have been on the other hand, who have lost someone to it, okay. and how yeah. how they're trying to you know grieve and uh, move forward because mm. it's fucking shit. Mm. And I know that like after maybe his friend passed away, I was very much like how um, Al's character is in the very start. And she, you know, she just doesn't want any friends because yeah. you do feel like, what if something happens to them? I don't want to build relationships with people and then they'll leave sort of thing. And I, I definitely understand, like, why she was like that yeah. rather than, like, watching her and being like, how come she doesn't want any friends? Like, why doesn't she want people to support her and be there for her? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely felt a very strong connection to the film um, and no points of, like, positivity and negativity, really just more like I saw it and I was like I understand this um because on my part I lost my best friend to suicide two years ago earlier this year um and then I lost another friend of mine um a few months ago in a car accident so it's kind of like the opposite of what um Violet goes through in the film and I definitely know that when it first happens like it's really hard because I came back that afternoon that I got a phone call. I was living in Wellington, and my hometown is like two hours away, roughly. Mm -hmm. um, and I drove back, and just like walking into the house and like seeing his mum and seeing everyone, it's the most like gut-wrenching feeling. You just feel really sick. I had a lot of mates that I worked with, and when I came back, I don't think I really talked to anyone for like at least a month afterwards, other than like, you know, asking them where something is and like serving customers. But you really do like shut down as mm. a person, and then having to go through it again early this year, it's really fucking hard, mm. and it kind of breaks you because it happened in the same month, like it happened like a week out from Ryan's anniversary, and we, I just remember all of our friends because it was our same friend group from school. We just lost this other person, same month, almost two years on, mm. like to the day, mm. and it's the one of the most awful things to just think, what if it happens again? And I'm always worried that that's going to happen now. And I think that the way she was able to build a relationship with someone who she could talk to about, um, like her sister and stuff. Um, and even though, you know, in the end she loses him, she does feel different. She feels like she's more open. She's, you know, she's gone up in front of this class and is reading this piece about him. You know, you can see it's easier for her to talk about it now. And because she's learnt how to get over her grief from the initial accident with her sister... Um, and she's grown a lot. I feel like it. It's still going to be hard, but she'll know how to cope with it more, mm. and it's easier to understand like the stages you go through of of grief, which everyone either has gone through or will go through at some point, and there's no way to stop it. Yeah. And I think the way they portray in the film her slowly opening up, even though she's stubborn as hell, and every time Finch is like, "Come on, stand on this rock with me," and like you know, do all these mm. things convincing you to get in the car and stuff and at times it does seem very pushy 
Mm. And I know that I've had friends, like last year I had Charlie trying to be like, come do this thing. And I'd be like, mm, okay. And you eventually, like the moment you let someone in, as hard as it is, it does get easier to like express yourself. And yeah. even it takes like even one person to know about your situation to then understand why you might have to go home early from a party or you might not want to even go. I can't remember where I was going with this tangent. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's just a matter of, I think the way that they've made this into a film and I don't think it's glorified it at all. I think it's for the people mm-hmm. like us who have gone through um, something similar. Yeah. It's easier for us to understand and see it as, see it from another person's perspective. Yeah, I think it represents a lot of what you feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows you a lot of, like you said, that per- oh, I think that person that you're talking about, the person that like pushes you, mm-hmm. I think they're personally one of the most important people to coming back around. Um, yeah. Because without that person, it's extremely hard to get yourself back mm. um, into the world and all that kind of stuff. So I personally think, yeah, in, in terms of my personal experience, without having that kind of person, it would be difficult. Um, but yeah. I felt, like, yeah, like, I agree with you. I don't think it glorifies it as much as it just tries to shed some light on it. Yeah. I think but, okay. in terms let of glorifying... Let me ask this then. If you have the person that pushes you back to <clears throat> yeah. to sort of feeling normal again, mm. and then when you're sort of at that peak, and now you're falling in love with that person, yeah. that person goes and kills himself, would you not be worse... Than before, yeah, then you, you see, like uh, in, we're talking real life. Now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So personally, I think in the in the film, I think what he does is he plants seeds for her because he doesn't. He's like a ticking time bomb. I think he says he doesn't like personally. He doesn't even know when. But yeah, I mean, I think that from the very beginning, it's very clear yeah. that he wants does not want to be, or he wants to sort of do this. Yeah, thing, yeah. This so I think that he's trying to open her back up to the world, but. I think he did his duty and then he left. well I, I also think you can't even like really blame him I mean when you're in that kind of headspace a lot of things don't make sense and you don't think about a lot of things mm. so it's not like I don't think his intention from the start was to meet her and make her fall in love and then kill himself right yeah no it was kind of just like a uh, it's something that actually happens where you see someone alright one day and the next day they might be yeah. gone and yeah. it's like you can't even tell and mm. all that kind of stuff so yeah I, I don't think it glorifies or do, does anything like that from my personal point of view but um, yeah I can understand how it might be a bit sensitive mm. I think oh, yeah. I think other films deal with it a lot worse than this yeah. does it kind of enlightens it it enlightens it I wouldn't it. say glorifies it romanticizes yeah. it romanticizes it oh, that's oh about how like one person can be okay one day and the next mm. day yeah, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. that's definitely what being bipolar is like mm, yeah. and sometimes sometimes it's a matter of like 15 minutes you suddenly feel sad and then you're back again sometimes it can be you know for for days even for longer it's, it's different with like every person and like what's going on in their lives and I do think um for him um I think it might have been a bit of peace mm. to find someone know that he's made her feel better mm. and by the end of it you know we see you laughing and smiling and even though you know her world goes to shit at the end you, and she, before she starts to I guess rebuild her life once again he knows that she's going to be okay because she's gotten through it yeah um, I don't know I think that's something that he's he's definitely taken into account yeah. even if he himself was feeling shit he knows that she's mm. okay yeah. yeah I guess also it's almost like the, the thing was he'd kind of opened her eyes back up to the world in a way that um, even she was like 
oh, I want to see everything. I don't want to, you know, mm. that line that she said at the end about, um, it's, I'm not scared of death. I'm scared about not knowing or not seeing everything or something like that. Mm. I think that was a really good line. Because they, they obviously connected. Yeah. And then they kind of built that relationship up from there. But you could, I think you could see her over time, like, she started enjoying going out more and more and more and more. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, from my point of view, that was the whole kind of reconstruction phase. And then you have, unfortunately, him killing himself. But it also, at the same time, it, t- it was, like, his, the reinvigoration of, like, that whole life is, like, what he felt confident that she would continue on with. Just because he managed to get her back up to the point, um... I'm guessing he probably felt confident that if he left, she would probably sloop down again, but she eventually would come back up. Because yeah. now she knows how to regrow almost. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say that, so Brett Haley was the director. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been reading a bunch of like articles about stuff he's talked in. Um, and he did say like he wanted it to be a grey area. And he says, I want people to feel like they could have a conversation about mental health after they watch this film. And what they think happened with Finch, and I think that's good because that's what we're doing now. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah. It is. It's taking a long time, but the, the like stigma and stuff around mental health, mm. and you know, not showing it on screen and not feeling comfortable talking about it and stuff. I feel like it's getting better. Yeah, it's, yeah, I feel like it's, it's yeah. not, you know, putting a stop to it or anything. Like, there's nothing we'll ever be able to do about that. But if we can People talk more openly, open talking about it, yeah, yeah. then. That's you know, good. You never know. People aren't afraid of hiding it as yeah. much anymore. Mm. You never know who might, you know, hear it and take something good away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's going to be bad, but there's going to be good. Like, I know maybe like a year ago I wouldn't have, like, told people I was bipolar or that I, you know, I have off days all the time. Um, but, like, now I feel more open talking about it because I just not necessarily don't care, but I... I don't worry that people are mm. going to judge me for it because I'm like, if you know yeah. me, you will have probably picked up on it anyway. <laughs> um, so let's get into the filmmaking section where we each talk about an area of our expertise. I'm an actor, Shaden is a director, Jacob is a cinematographer, and Anna is a screenwriter. Yeah, well, I think the directing style was, yeah, it was solid. Um, I think he, he did some interesting things in terms of um, just giving us a character that we don't usually see we don't mm. see like a character that we in real life we wouldn't like as much but um i think it was almost brave in a way because it means that he's giving himself extra work to try and make this character likable i personally think he succeeded i know you don't think he succeeded but um for me i think the character is charming in his own way he's not like a you know stereotypical charming person mm. um which i like because it's it's almost like he's one of us he's just a normal another guy and that's the thing i think i like the most about this this film is nothing's over the top um the craziest scene is on a roller coaster it was slow paced which i liked it wasn't trying to move too fast the cutting like you said the editing was really nice um the shot selection was also good um i think both the actors did a good job. I do realize. I don't understand what you're saying about the chemistry, uh, but I think they still did a good enough job where it didn't bother me as much mm. because individually they were great. Yeah. Um, and it would kind of make sense to me that they weren't clicking as well. Um, so maybe that's why I didn't pick up on the chemistry. Yeah, the director has some really solid films out there. I think this is honestly. I think it's a really decent film. It I doesn't do anything insane. I think. It was a solid style. He didn't. Sh- there was like no weird shifts out of nowhere with the characters that felt mm. weird. Um, I feel like his blocking was also quite good. 
I really like the way he um, envisions scenes and set up shots. He I think he's more of a he's definitely more of a visual director where he likes to leave a lot more visual cues over. I like um, that. Yeah, which is personally what I prefer as well. So yeah, he he has that same kind of style as Savage where. The shots are just long and they just kind of sit, mm. uh, which I really like. So it's from a from a from a, a visual perspective with cinematography. The cinematography was done by Rob Givens, so shout out to him for it's making for making a, a good looking film. He definitely did a nice job. I think it was one of the opening shots. Um, it was a couple of wider angles when Violet's on the bridge and Theo or Finch. He's um, like looking at her. Um, it was quite quite aesthetic. Obviously, it's quite a dark thing what's happening, but it looked visually really nice. And there's I mentioned this earlier. There was a montage part way through when they start their road trip adventure. They're going around in the the van. They're singing. They're dancing in the fields. Um, I think Violet's wearing like yellow shirt, blue overalls. It looks really nice. It's like a good mix of colours. Um, and she just looks nice too, so it's alright. Um, uh, yeah, lots of lots of bright colours, lots of aesthetic shots. Honestly, there's a couple of overhead shots, um, a couple of shots um, looking up at the trees, going through. Looks quite nice as well. Then you said when they were in the field, yeah. Like when that scene happened, I like outright said, "Why the fuck are they frolicking in a field right now?" I was like, "Where did this come from?" There's um the scenes in the classroom, the tight shots, um looking down. There's um the, the shots in the classroom look really nice. They were like wide shot uh, long shots, sorry, looking like down the aisles, focusing on Finch at his desk being distracted and doing all sorts of crazy shit. That was that was they were really nice shots. I don't think there was there's in no shots that come to mind that I didn't like per se. Oh, the um the build up on the roller coaster, I always thought something bad was gonna happen. Because mm. they they um they were really long shots, they, they winded them out. It yeah. felt really dramatic. I felt like something bad was gonna happen every time. Holy fuck yes. I thought they were gonna fly the fuck yeah, off. Yeah, especially like I thought he's gonna do it, it's gonna be fine, and then she gets on and she's all happy and then something bad's gonna happen. It's all gonna go down from here, but no, that was just the start of something great. Um, oh. So that, that scared me a little bit. Um, and yeah, that's. Are you what referencing I have to say. how the shot? Like, I think that roller coaster scene was really nicely shot. Yeah, it was nicely they should, shot, they but it just, such they made it really. They really like it. Felt really like build up dramatic with the way the long yeah, shots yeah, went yeah. out. So you know, like it's like a build up as it slowly goes up and then. Yeah, but I like the way that they shot it because it was just like it wasn't shot like some kind of. Like Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah, it scene. wasn't like a yeah. GoPro yeah. on the front. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just, just like. Woo. Yeah, the camera just followed them yeah. around Instead slowly of it being in real like time. Chopping everywhere is like they yeah, did not it really eight nicely. takes jumping over a fence yeah. or like that. <laughs> they did it really nicely. Yeah. Frederick have a yarn to us about the acting. Um, well, like I said, I have liked pretty much all the actors that are in this film mm. in other stuff so I do know that they're really good actors it is a really good cast it is and I was kind of like why did they get Keegan-Michael Key from Keelan Peel to be in here for two scenes I and love him literally do he was thing. good though he was good but like I got, you I could have got anyone Come for on, that man. I know but I didn't I didn't know he was in it and I think it was a bit of fun just to, yeah. be, just yeah. to chuck him in even, even though it was a small scene I feel like yeah they could have easily just cast any random and yeah. no one would have 
better than I. Mm. But I do think it was fun because I like yeah. spotted him and I was like, oh my god, I know this guy. Yeah, I do like <laughs> seeing people like yeah. that. And little little cameos, uh, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought that the I thought Elle Fanning was really good. Mm. Um, she is. <laughs> yeah. She- <laughs> No, like she sold. Uh, it almost kind of felt like she must have like grown on something personal because I felt like mm-hmm. her performance was like so like precise and because um, it's easy, I think it's kind of easy for an actor to sort of like overdo a role like that and just be like almost yeah. whiny. Yeah. And I didn't get that from her at all. It really felt like she was like just grieving and mm. like in this really dark place. It helps that she didn't say a lot. Yeah. Uh, like Justice Smith, like I, said, I, I don't think that he was because like I, th- I feel like if you're gonna have a role like that, that's so like on you all the time. Oh, I kind of yeah. feel like you need intense. Like yeah, it's sort of like su- like super intense. I kind of feel like clearly I'm not one up, but I feel like you need to have an actor that is more charismatic, someone that you like, you kind of want him to keep doing that. Maybe, but then I think I'll just turn into another romance film. Maybe, and I guess maybe that was kind of what I was expecting when I went in, so maybe yeah. that's why. Yeah. You're uh, I like, wanted some kisses! <laughs> <laughs> oh, sort of maybe I just went in with like, the wrong uh, yeah. attitude, I don't know. But he does the role well, but I, for me, at least, I, don't feel, I didn't feel like he played all of the emotional beats right there was stuff when i was kind of like i don't know where like what what you're going for or where you're at or and i just could, like couldn't really like i didn't really get a read of his character and maybe that's part of maybe, maybe that's just like part of what he went for that he wanted to be yeah. so sort of unpredictable but didn't really work for me i thought it was written very well actually mm-hmm. i do mm-hmm. i definitely do pick up on like when things are written into a film for the sake of someone having to say it through dialogue rather than showing it. Mm. Um, there were a few moments where I was like, oh, it's a bit cheesy, I don't know why someone would say something like this when you are literally showing it on our screen, yeah. which is something I think is a big difference between screenwriting and writing a book. In a book, you definitely have to detail it because as much as people can imagine it in their head, you need to uh, show them the path it. of like where they sh- what they should be yeah. um, imagining and thinking when <laughs> they're reading um, compared to film where it's shown. They show you what you're meant to see, and yeah. you are easily able to follow that yeah. most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely thought the dialogue was good. I personally struggle with dialogue, and I think for for this sort of subject, it was quite good to not have them um, expressively be talking about, you know, death and all yeah, that sort of yeah. stuff in the time, which is um, a difference from the book where Theodore is much more open about talking about. His curiosity about how people die and depression and you know that he wants to kill himself one day sort of that sort of stuff mm. yeah there, I've, I've just been reading that there, there's quite a few differences between the book and the film they did leave out Violet's passion for writing which I had read about so that is something that I guess we see at the end when she's reading her, her yeah. piece of writing but you know she has a much bigger part in the mm. book where you know her and her sister actually have like an online magazine and she does a lot more writing stuff and they kind of get the broader um bits like bits and bobs of that that was reference right that yeah I think the, the website was yeah. the blog yeah. Was yeah. and i think she says like one time i wanted to be a writer or something yeah like. yeah but yeah, um but they don't ex- go further it than wasn't, that yeah it wasn't like a, a diary entry every day sort of thing but yeah finch definitely has more of a fascination with death in mm. the book than in the film though it's not hard to miss in the film nonetheless (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a few characters left out like we meet finch's dad in the in the book Uh, we haven't read the book 
we don't know what we're missing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you've read the book, so you know what was missing. Or like people who really liked the book and then saw the film, they'd probably be disappointed. Like, oh, I like this character, or I like yeah. this part. It's missing from the film. Fuck you. Yeah. But it's also like when you adapt something, it's a completely different medium. So you yeah. have to mm-hmm. like you do have to change stuff. Yeah. I think that's something. Like every bloody, yeah. bloody book. Yeah. So every book. every like book to screen Alex Ryder. adaptation is is always going to be different because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you can say in a book, yeah. but you can't necessarily show on film. Mm. You can't always. I mean, unless you have like an incredible actor who can show all these intense scenes yeah. and stuff, as well as there are definitely limits to filmmaking. Oh, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. With the simplest stuff of like camera movement and stuff you can't always show this and that um yeah i always kind of feel like as long as they get the essence of the story and they get sort of like the characters right i mean i kind of feel like when you do an adaptation you can change most things as long as you stay true to like the core yeah yeah yeah. definitely one thing i actually preferred the movie doing Mm. um was at the end when she goes to the lake to try and find finch after she like figures out what he's done she actually swims out and tries to find him and I think that I mean personally I think that's quite scary I don't like dealing yeah. with with that sort of stuff yeah, I'm also very him. afraid of water and yeah I think it would be awful if she, you know she could see his body underneath yeah, or, it was definitely better than oh that would have just been the absolute worst um, yeah I would have freaked out a lot more but um, okay. I think it was good that we just have her kind of coming to the realization of that and not that she's accepting it but she's there's nothing she can do now yeah. and she just breaks down and I think that was I think it was shot really well as well. Um, and I think it was written really well. All right, let's get into some ratings. What do we all think? I really... I've said this like twice on the podcast now already. My favourite scene was the montage when they were frolicking around in a field and driving around <laughs> in a van and just being lovey-dovey. I re- I'm a sucker for that kind of shit. It's really nice and I aspire to get nice shots like that one day. So I give this a seven Keegan Keys out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when they were in the um, uh, the train yard oh, uh, oh when they were going to the train yard because like the colors were amazing and it yeah, was like yeah. beautifully set up. Uh, I like that. And sex. Yeah. Calm down. That <laughs> I, th- I thought that that shot was just beautiful and uh, like yeah, this film didn't really connect with me, but I do like really appreciate all your uh, guests' input because it gives me like a whole different perspective for me personally. Mm, vice versa. Yeah, and for me and probably people my generation maybe older. This might not be this might not be it, Chief. So I'll give this. A, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this movie a three. Three dumbasses running in Converse, out of ten. <laughs> I quite liked a lot of the scenes. I do like the scene where they're at the he Finch is standing on the rock and trying to convince Bart to come mm. stand up and be like, "This is the tallest point in our town." Mm. I think it's a really sweet scene. I think it's shot really well. But I definitely enjoy. It's strange because my biggest fear is water. I like the scene where they first go for a swim and he like coaxes her in and she worries about him, jumps in after him, and he's actually fine. I mean, you know, coming back to the end of it, it plays really well with yeah, kind yeah. of coming full circle. Mm. I think it's a really nice scene and they, you know, they have a few arguments and stuff, but I think there's some really sweet moments. And then the scene's underwater. The, the water was a bit too murky. Um, so they shot that in a blacked out pool. I knew it. Yeah. I said it when I, saw, I was like, they're in a pool right now. Yeah. yeah. No they, way. They, they wanted to... Because yeah. they needed to sit a camera and because yeah. that lake was quite limitless, yeah. they yeah. can't really like yeah, know, I mean, have a cameraman enough. treading water for that yeah. long. I, I do really like it. It does hit home quite hard and it make, it upsets me at times. Um, I am going to give this film a 7.5 roller coaster rides out of 10. I enjoyed 
a multitude of scenes, but my favorite image mm-hmm. um, was definitely when he posted when he painted his room, like just that little yeah. that little bot, like little square in the middle, blue. Because I think like the imagery, where all the post its and stuff. Yeah, up. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I feel like that imagery is so powerful because it's like yeah. trigger me how he didn't take them all off first and they kept falling off and leaving patches. But, <laughs> but that's yeah, okay. I think that the imagery of just that red wall that we've had the whole time, mm. and then now there's this big blue spot in the middle of it. Mm. It's like beautiful. So I love that. I'm going to be on the same page as Anna and give it a 7.5 post-it notes out of 10. Okay. I think that wraps it up, so... Yeah, that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. If you have any films that you'd like us to watch, be it new, be it old, you can leave recommendations on our Instagram, flick us a DM, or in the YouTube comments. You can find us on Instagram at the Filmosity Podcast, on Twitter at Filmosity Pod, as well as keeping in touch with Instagram, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. As always, we upload every Thursday at 7pm New Zealand time. So make sure you follow us on all those accounts and social media thingamabobbies. Chuck them notifications on. Chuck them notifications on to stay up to date. And as always, thank you for watching from the Filmosity Podcast. Bye! Bye. See you later. Thanks for Alfred listening. Hitchcock is my <laughs> uncle. Shut <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, once again, thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, We do understand that this episode does deal with themes that are extremely personal and maybe hard to deal with. So here is a little hotline in case you'd like to contact anyone for help. Uh, 0800-543-354. If you are dealing with any thoughts or issues, feel free to call them, they'll help. And if you're outside of New Zealand, just send us a DM on Instagram and we can point you in the right direction for any help you would like.